This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Welcome back to The Wealth Puzzle. I'm Tana Pennington, and I'm here with Mike Mansfield um, at The Lynn Group. We are um, we have a great show today. I hope you share it with friends and family. We're going to talk about the elephant in the room. We talk about the stock market. We have a, a lot of good information to share with you. And Mike even made some slides. So Oh, see, yeah. we, we actually prepare our shows. Yeah, Everybody knows we good. don't prepare our shows. We prepared our show. This is, uh, you know, th- there's going to be a lot in this one. We have a lot to talk about. Um and it's an important show. You know, I, yeah. I realize as we reflect back on the shows that we put together, Tan and I spend a lot of time, you know, talking about economic updates, talking about right. COVID and the impact on things like that. We, you know, we're always talking about labor numbers and manufacturing reports and all the things that are kind of kind of coming out. We don't spend a lot of time on the the specific of just the stock market. Right. Um, obviously on a high level, if you're an investor, we, we're, we're huge advocates of the idea of color of money, right? You got red money, green money, yellow money, green money is the safe stuff. The things where you have predictability, um, principal protection, that's your cash. Those are your fixed style annuities, maybe cash value, life insurance, money, at the bank, CDs, things of that nature where there's predictability and stability. And, you know, a lot of our clients do own annuities and it is an interesting year because for the most part, um, you know, they're happy that they have those yes. all of a sudden. Now, <laughs> you don't put all your money into green money, right? We still have other t- two tranches of money. We we look at red money as passive invested money. So if you just have a stock portfolio that's, you know, nobody's tethered to it, nobody's watching it, it's just running in the in the wild here at the moment. That's your red money. It's really aggressive. It's a little scary. Yellow money is the same idea. It's actively managed money now. So stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. Things that still go up and down, but the idea is there's active management linked to it. So that way you have some idea of conviction of how are you invested? Why are you making moves? What's going on? All of that kind of stuff. So to that theme, you know, the title of the show today was was a tough one. I certainly struggle with it because, you know, as you as you think about the world, you can look at all the rational data that you want. You realize the stock market is irrational in the moment. It is emotional in the moment. It is pouty and it is mad. Mm -hmm. And so we, we really do, though, as, the, as we're titled here, we do see a bottom. Now, we're probably sitting in the neighborhood of the bottom, and I'm going to go through some slides on why we have that conviction and we're willing to say that. Because as I'm learning, Tan and I follow a lot of investment sources. We follow a lot of research. And I find that we're getting to a, a phase of the time period where less and less people have any conviction to say what could or probably will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, maybe I'm taking some risk here with Tana of us having some conviction, but this is really what we believe. And we think that this is very opportunistic for people. Absolutely. So now I am a a graphic designer. So everybody sit tight with these high class slides. So if you're lucky (laughs) enough to be watching this on YouTube or Rumble, you're going to be able to see these slides. Um, But kind of right out of the gates, we've had a very tumultuous year, right? The stock market was booming on all cylinders. The economy was booming on all cylinders. In a sense, it was coming back to normal, right? We we had a shutdown in 2020. The world's never had that. Mm-hmm. We had a reopening 
in 21. The world's never had that. We have hyperinflation. We have a lot, you know, of chaos going on. You know, to be fair, I'm very opinionated on this. I have no problem sharing my opinion with people. I think that there are massive failures with the government and the president at this point. I think the, uh, was it the American Rescue Plan was the stimulus icing on the cake that destroyed mm-hmm. the whole inflation bubble. Um, you know, I, I have started to live by an adage that you get what you vote for. And for the people that think that the last president was doing such a terrible job with the economy, I, I would I would dare you to bring me some good information on how the current one's doing such a great job. Tana is horrified right now that I am talking. And, you know, no, I do agree with you, actually. I you know, that's yeah. the problem here in this world. Yeah. We all need conviction. We need to have opinions yeah. and we need to stand by the things that we believe. Absolutely. And, and things have gotten a little too weird for a little too long at this point. Mm-hmm. So, hey fascinating. The stock market crashed in 2020. It crashed in 2018. It crashed in 2011. It crashed in 2008. The stock market likes to crash. 2020 was a weird one because when the stock market crashed, the S&P went down almost 40% in a five-week period. Never Mm -hmm. happened before. And then it just went straight back up like a missile. Now, the caveat to why did it go just straight back up was because the government threw money at it. Right. right? I, I don't know, like $5 trillion. You mm-hmm. throw money at the problem, it fixes the problem for a while. Why not <laughs> fix the problem? It just solves it temporarily. Right. In a normal, healthy stock market, when it is functioning correctly, a normal bear market, you have what's called a retest of the low. And here's a big fancy picture for all the people watching the show is Here's 18 months of the S&P 500. So the thing was grinding along, you know, all last year, coming to a peak right in the middle of the picture. And then in the first half of the year, it started to roll over and it went down pretty hard and consistently and hit it low in the middle of June, a couple months, a few months ago, rather. Mm-hmm. Kind of right where that blue line is. So the first time it touches that blue line and then the rhetoric started changing. People started to say, oh, maybe the feds won't raise rates. Maybe, maybe, maybe all this stuff brought the market back up. Then Mr. Federal Reserve in Jackson <laughs> on August 15th, he decided to be bad news bears and mm-hmm. come talking about how we're going to crush the economy. I'm, I'm doing this in the mean way. He didn't say it like that. He said, we're going <laughs> to cause gentle pain to the economy and to the consumer. Using <laughs> rates to, to crush inflation, which you guys want to have a conversation about inflation. We got about two hours to go here. But in any case, cause the market to roll over. Now, initially, you're like, oh, this is frustrating. You're trying to find the initial bottom. But for the last few weeks, it's been a little stressful. As Mm -hmm. you all turn on the news, you all look at your statements, you all log into this stuff. It's been a little stressful. Ironically, on Friday and yesterday on Monday was the first time that I suddenly felt like Hmm. wings are lifting. I felt good about it. And that's because the market yesterday finally closed right at its June low. Right. Most of you say, what are you talking about, Mike? <laughs> Even Tana, she logged into her account. She's like, what are you talking about, Mike? This is terrible. I said, yes. But if you follow the historical norms mm-hmm. of these he- these unfortunate market cycles, but the healthy versions of them, right. they retest the low to confirm the low, and then they find new highs over time. Now, there's more to the story, though. And this is where it becomes more fascinating statistically for the last 40 years, markets bottom in September. Tana, I just did it. I threw 12 months on the screen for 40 years. Can you identify the two worst months of the year statistically? Yes, August and September. Any guesses on why August stinks? Well, most people are, you know, just kind of out there 
doing, doing their thing. thing. Yeah. I mean, it's that's not cool. like, a, yeah. I mean, it's not a big hustle month. Yeah. But that's yeah. why ironically is most hedge funds, most fancy pants folks. Yeah. They take a little break. Off. They take yeah. three weeks off. They ain't little around. Vacation. There ain't a lot of trading. Yeah. August does not matter. September is the defining moment. That's generally where the market is the weakest. So congratulations in a few days, everybody. We just finished the worst time of the year. Thank goodness, right? That's, that's us. nice. That makes me feel better. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is markets tend to bottom in September, mm -hmm. especially before midterm elections. Right. And then October defines the market bottom. And what that means is it's going to either confirm or reject that market decline. So mm -hmm. what, what happens in October? Any guesses? Anybody? There's only one other person on here. <laughs> Maybe read it in the small print on my screen. I didn't show you. It's all about yeah. earnings. It's all about earnings, right? So in a couple of weeks, earnings are going to start rolling out from the yep. third quarter. If earnings are half decent, this will, this will confirm the bottom of the market and give some wings to the market to move higher. If earnings are terrible, it's going to say, see, we told you it's bad and, and the end is near. Um, but that's interesting because in a, in a calendar year, the best earnings tend to happen in the third and fourth quarter. So let's think about mm -hmm. third quarter is what? July, August, September. Yeah. People are traveling. Yeah. Enjoying yeah. life, going on right. vacation, spending right. money. Living the dream. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so then th that gets you to about, I don't know, August 15th for a lot of people. And then what starts to happen into August school. and September? Kids have to go back to school. <sighs> College students go Pesky away. School. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. So, so you, you have a, a whole summer of, of service spending, right? People want to mm -hmm. travel. They want to go on airplanes. They want to go on right. boats. They want to stay in hotels and go to the beach and do things. And then all of a sudden you got to get those bratty little kids clothes. And, yeah. School clothes, backpacks. You know, side note, supplies. this is a serious conversation, but side note, my birthday yeah. is July 10th. I, I throw that out there to expect <laughs> yeah. nothing, birthday. but, but Presents now everybody knows in. I will be 25 on my next birthday. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dear. A, I'm like a girl now. I want to lie about my age. I don't though. <laughs> the, um, I just did, but I guess I don't. The, um, so when I was a kid, I came from humble means, we'll say. And so on my birthdays, I would always get my school supplies. I would get socks <laughs> and paper and pencils. Now every year, like I was a kid. So as an adult, I don't really have this like yeah. appreciation for a birthday, except like right. I should probably go get a calculator or something. It's my birthday. <laughs> Um, so, oh, that is terrible. Uh, memories. Mm -hmm. The, um, so October is going to define the market bottom yeah. and that's important because that's going to, that's coming out of the gates here in just a couple of weeks. So at this point we pray for good earnings. We pray that people are spending money, which we know they were, you know, cause you can look at all the traveling and all the things that have been going on. Mm -hmm. What's What's a very interesting adage, though, when we think about market cycles, and I think this is where a lot of disconnect happens, is people have a very bad habit of looking backwards. I mean, even something, and we're going to yeah. talk about it in a middle, something as simple as the, the inflation readings we get every month. Everybody's very consumed by that. Everybody's very upset by that. It's looking backwards over the last 12 months, mm -hmm. right? It's not saying, well, what's going to happen next month or in six months from now? The way that this works, and this has held true time and time again. Stocks lead earnings, lead the economy. If you want to sound smart with your friends, memorize that <laughs> and have a half understanding of what it means. Stocks lead earnings, lead the economy. So let's think about that. Let's back up to the beginning of this year. The market was on a tear last year. It came up to a high. 
Mm-hmm. Analysts were projecting good earnings for this year. The economy was reopening. The labor market was tight. Housing was going insane. My neighbor sold his house in February for probably 300 grand more than he should have. That's so awesome. But what happened to the stock market, Tana? It went down yeah, in January. About, over. Yeah, 12% in just in yeah, January got, alone. Yeah. yeah took that one on the chin in yeah. January. Yeah. That was very frustrating because right. earnings were coming out and they were very reasonable from the fourth quarter of last year. And you're like, what's yeah. going on here? This it is was painful. Now, so the stock market has, has let everything down. And then along the way, all of a sudden in the last few months, the analysts and everyone on the news are saying, oh, earnings, we're going to have to revise earnings. Oh, earnings yeah. are bad. And then all of a sudden we're starting to see the little kind of holes, different parts of the economy. Uh, not necessarily the labor market just yet. Um, but certainly like in housing, for example, I mean, there was just an article out this morning that year over year housing sales for last month dropped at like the highest pace ever recorded one of those kinds of adages. And so I, okay. Better example, since you've challenged me for another one, the, uh, that was a joke. I was just, I'm challenging myself here. Um, the stock market in 08, when it crashed, right, it actually bottomed in March of 2009. And then it started going back up, right? So 2009, 2010, 2011, the thing's on a tear. The housing market, though, didn't really bottom out till 2010, the beginning of 2011. So the economics behind stuff mm-hmm. are trailing, right? Mm-hmm. It always comes in behind the scenes. So the, the, the issue with this adage is if you're all so busy looking at what's been happening in the last three months, starting to say, oh, Mike, the, you know, the recession, all this stuff is scary. All of this stuff is upsetting. What's going to happen is the market's going to go back up before you know it. And you were sitting around waiting for the conviction that the economy was getting better and that the right. earnings reports were getting better. The stock market's going to have already gone up. And you don't want to be sitting in cash. And you're going to have missed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so once again, that's the challenge is you start yeah. looking at the trajectory. We're retesting a low. That low happened to happen in September where historically this stuff happens. October in a couple of weeks, earnings come out that'll either confirm or deny that low. The stock market is down. You finally see earnings being revised. You see the economy softening. Mm-hmm. All of these things lead to a, a high conviction mm-hmm. that the fourth quarter could be very positive for us. Right. Um, and we've even had clients call and say, hey, I, I don't want to you know, keep contributing to my 401k right now or my TSP plan because I'm just worried that it's just going to go away, you know, and and it's like, no, this is the best time to buy in is right now where everything's low. It's on sale. Keep contributing to your 401k, max it out. This is a good time. Are you you reading the cliff notes on this program? Because that was like the next thing I was going to talk about. Oh, sorry. No, it was just a thought that came to my mind as we've been talking to clients. Yeah. This is a phenomenal adage that people lose sight on. Wealth is created in recessions. And and whether we're in a recession or not doesn't really matter. The whole premise is wealth is created on these big market declines. Mm -hmm. If if Tana could get in a time machine and Mm -hmm. go back to 2020, March of 2020, and sell her kids and sell her husband's private jet and sell her yacht, and sell her mansion on the on the tundra with the the weeping oaks and whatever she's got. I and she put it that. all in the stock market. <laughs> do you guys think she'd be sitting here right now? <laughs> no. She doesn't want to be sitting here anyways. <laughs> so at least I can find a way to get her out of here, right? Oh, that is awesome. The uh but but that's what's that's what's so challenging about yeah. this stuff is in the moments when it is the most painful is mm-hmm. when the opportunities exist. Right. I mean, if you don't think that in five years the stock market's gonna be higher, 
then don't listen to me at all. But you look at a company like Amazon. I mean, earlier this year, Amazon was down 40% year over year. I I don't know. I mean, I practically trip over Amazon boxes walking <laughs> down the street. This is so true. The little buggers are everywhere. That right? is so true. I, I mean, you know, so you, you say, why wouldn't I want to invest in things when they were so opportunistic? I know how painful this is. I'm living the pain. Yeah, Does anyone see too. the top of my head? Watch these videos if you're on the podcast. There ain't nothing up there. It's all gone. And 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 you know, I, I From I'm stressed. I'm, I'm hoping to worry a little more so it falls off my shoulders. <laughs> the um but the reality is sorry, this is the moment that all of you need to be reassessing your risk tolerance. Yes. Right? You need to be thinking about do I have cash? Do I have a more conservative stance in my portfolio? Is those are those things where I don't need all of that money right now that but you know in the next three, five, seven years I, I would like it. Mm-hmm. This could be very opportunistic mm-hmm. to start nibbling and being a little more aggressive. I once again, I understand the pain. I am living yeah. this stuff with you guys. I am staring at it all day. Uh, it, it is not pleasant. No. But I also know after living through 2020 and 2018 and 2011 and being an advisor in 2008 is that these things pass and the people that were smart about it make themselves more wealthy. Mm-hmm. And that is something that you need to consider. Um, the other thing on a side note. So remember the market bottom, double bottoms, very fascinating to me. Happened in September, right before earnings come out. We've got midterms coming out. A lot of conviction over the polling in midterms Mm -hmm. that there will be a split Congress. If that happens, that's very stable for the stock market. But the other thing, too, is there's so much angst about inflation and the Federal Reserve and what they're going to do. Right. Nobody's like really prepared for, well, what happens when inflation starts to roll over? And so what you need to do is you need to think about how the heck do they even calculate inflation? The way, calcu- the way that reported inflation, so that 8.3 number they recently gave us, the way that that's calculated is they look at all the monthly changes in inflation every month for the last 12 months. So the last reading was August to August, right? So what I did is I had a thought, and I'm, I'm not good visualizing thoughts, so I brought my thought to Connor, our tax guy. He's smart. Tan is smart too, but Tan doesn't know how to use a computer either. So, I do too. But me and Tan are in the same boat. Some amazing we're, we're like those like chart. weird like we're not quite millennials, but they want to call us like kind of like a millennial, but we don't. We, but like I still, I didn't have to take a typing class in in high school because there was no such thing as a computer. <laughs> yeah, you know, I remember learning how to text on on the little old flip phones, like oh, we had to push so the button awesome. like three times. That was terrible. But I was in college. I was I wasn't learning that as a five year old. <laughs> like kids are these days. So anyways, if anybody's watching this, Connor made us this beautiful graph. So if the graph turns out to be wrong, we all know who to blame Connor. (laughs) So what we did here is if you're looking at this is we tracked inflation um, for basically the last couple of years. And so if you follow the blue line at the top, you're seeing how it's kind of peaking out at almost Mm -hmm. 9% and then it starts to roll over. So once again, inflation is calculated off of the previous 12 months. Well, there's something really fascinating about that that's probably about to happen is October of 21 is where inflation really started to ramp up. And so in another month or so, 
as that back number starts to fall off the calculation that they're presenting to everybody, yeah. the October read for inflation by itself was 0.9%. It's be lower. Yeah. It was almost 1%. Yeah. To put that in perspective, last month's read was 0.1 and the month before that was negative 0.1. So we've been flat for two months with no increase to inflation and we're about to drop off almost 1% on the back end. This number is going to start rolling over if we just keep relatively consistent inflation. Mm-hmm. The feds have a feds fund rate a little over 3%. They've projected through the end of the year to push towards 4.6%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, theoretically, there's going to be a couple rate increases. And so on our fancy pants graph, we can see here that we basically get to the feds being restrictive and being tight by basically the beginning of the year. So what yeah. happens when inflation starts rolling over? What happens when the Fed pivots and says, oh, hey, everyone, we did it. Yay. Hooray. What's going to happen to the stock market? Yeah, Tana? it's going to go up. It's going to be great. It's probably going to go up like a missile. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. So double bottom yeah. in September before earnings, before stable midterms, inflation's rolling over. Mm-hmm. This is a recipe, right? This is a recipe to a really strong fourth quarter. Now, granted, let me be the devil's advocate. You know, if if Russia decides to throw a nuke at us, that could be problematic for the stock market in the moment. But the reality is when you look at this kind of data, Mm -hmm. this is the recipe that takes the gambling out of investing and say, this is now we're trying to make informed, educated decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, Another fascinating point. So one of the challenges that you all have is that when you consume data, it's really high level. It's it's Wall Street. It's mainstream media. You know, are you on CNN? Are you on Fox News? What you know? What are you watching? Where do you get your data? That's that's always a that's always a challenge because everyone's always trying to sell a kiosk. Um, one of the websites where Tana and I get a lot of research from is called Factset.com. Mm-hmm. This is actually where I go for for my weekly updates on how earnings are rolling out. So in a couple of weeks, when earnings start rolling out, you know where I'm going to be every Friday. I'm going to be on Factset <laughs> reading the aggregation of all the data about earnings. But I thought that this was interesting because this article just came out the other day, uh, September 23rd. Any idea what was happening, Tana, on Friday, September 23rd? Oh, it was ugly. It was painful. (laughs) The sky was falling. Stock market's crashing. Hell on earth. It was bad. You know, it it was, you know, coming off of a horrific week. Like, like think about the cojones on these people. During the apocalypse, to put out an article that's literally titled, Industry Analysts Project More Than a 25% Increase in the Mm S&P 500 Over the Next 12 Months. How could that be true, Mike? I was told that everything was bad and it was going to go down forever. How could it, how could the analytics people do this? And it's all in the small print. If you re, if you go to the website and you read the full article, it says in the small print, the bottom up target price is calculated aggregate means blah, blah, blah. The whole key word there is bottom up. See, the way that most of us consume information is what's called top down. We hear about the world and we hear about the war and we hear about the bad and we hear about this and all that. And so it's all the stuff around us that's falling on us and it's raining down. The reality is Main Street is really strong. Cash flows are really strong. Balance sheets are really strong. In fact, they're probably the strongest they've ever been. You know, banks have lots of money. They're well capitalized. There's plenty of liquidity. So 
those things are doing really well. Bottom up analysis says, forget the world, forget all that external pressure. Let's go up from the bottom and look at the basis of these different companies. Let's look at their earnings and their balance mm-hmm. sheets and their assets versus their liabilities. It, this is a very complicated, long-winded analytical thing that some kind of hoity-toity, you know, chartered financial analyst would do. Someone who probably couldn't carry a fun conversation at dinner kind of a person. And, and so it's fascinating to me that in the middle of the doom and gloom, the, the underlying analytics for the industry are saying, this thing's going up. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you have to question yourself, you know, are, are you going to are you going to succumb to the pain, the anxiety, the emotions of all of this? Or can you be realistic about the facts? And, and like I said, the market can do whatever it wants in the moment. All it takes is a couple bad things, right? There's a lot of pessimism out there. If we have another global yeah. crisis, another pandemic, uh, the next thing is always coming. Right. But somehow in, in, you know, 200 years of doing this, the stock market has always found its way back up. Yeah. The um, Tana likes to use this because she likes to draw pictures. <laughs> so I stole it from her. Of roller coasters. It's a roller coaster. Uh, and so, you know, Tana, Tana, this was her contribution to my slideshow. So <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Um, and so what you see here on the, on the screen is a very simple picture of a roller coaster. And you see on the left side, the little train station where it comes out. So let's close our eyes and think about it, right? We're leaving the station. And what is the, what is the roller coaster do at first, Tana? It goes tick, 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 yeah, tick, tick, uh, tick, Nice tick. and slow, right to the top. And then it goes, whee! And it goes down and around and, and scary. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you, Tana. Okay. You're on a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. You've decided you don't want to be on a roller coaster. You think that it is wise to unbuckle. <laughs> would you say, based on looking at this screen where the two round things are, would it be wiser to unbuckle on the roller coaster as it's slowly ticking towards the top or in the yes. middle of a loop? No, definitely ticking up. Okay. So Get if you out. use this analogy, where do you think we are on the roller coaster relative to the stock market uh, and the market cycle right now? We're coming off of that loop. Yes. Okay. So I down loop. So if I'm reading what you're saying, you're saying it's probably Stay a bad course. idea. Don't to take the seatbelt off. Unbuckle right now. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Stay in. No. Stay yeah. the course. Yeah. The um. All right. So, you know, like I said, we, we titled the show, we see the bottom. And so in the fine words of Samuel L. Jackson, I think we need to hold on to your butts. <laughs> little, little Jurassic Park throwback there. Oh, that is so awesome. So, hey, look, obviously <laughs> there's a lot of anxiety. This is very yeah. stressful. I, I know that Tana and I can come on these shows and, and, and be silly and be just yeah. and, and kind of lighten the mood, of course. But we really do love our clients. We really yeah, do worry absolutely. about them. We, we talk about you guys constantly. We pray about you. We, we really are conscious of your needs. And, you know, we are in this with you. And so, mm-hmm. you know, please, you do not hesitate to call us. Right. Call the office. Most of you got my cell phone. Most of you got Tana's cell <laughs> You've phone. You've got too. mine. <laughs> call us, text us. Let's yeah. talk about it. If you're absolutely. stressed out about things, let's look at your situation. At the same token, if you're one of those people, like I mentioned, if you have cash on the sidelines, if you want to reassess your risk tolerance and consider reinvesting a little bit, 
We don't have to go crazy, but this is an opportunity to nibble. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell everyone wholeheartedly any dollar that I come into right now, I'm trying to purchase more stocks mm-hmm. for myself personally. Tana is doing the same thing mm-hmm. because just like 2000, excuse me, 2020, I say it right. And 2018, these opportunities come and go. And this is very difficult in the moment, but this will be one of those things where we all look back in a handful of years and say, my yeah. goodness, I wish I had a little more vision in order right. to, you know, do something a little differently. But we appreciate all of you. We're concerned for all of you. Mm-hmm. And like I said, please don't hesitate to call our office, 805-500-7035. And with that, we will uh, we'll be back in action next week. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lynn Group Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lynn Group, LLC. The Lynn Group, LLC and the Lynn Group Advisors, LLC are not affiliated companies. Lynn Group, LLC the Lynn Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.